You are the owner of a small but adequate London inn during a time when the city is ensconced in the thrill and terror of a series of murders unleashed by the self-ordained hand of the Avenger. However, that's what's in the newspapers, and you desperately need business, so you eagerly accept the demands of an imposing but dashing gentleman who wishes to take up long-term residence in one of your rooms. Consequently, you dismiss his odd hours and mysterious habits as his own. But what will happen when your pretty blonde daughter, who looks just like the Avengers' victims, comes face to face with the lodger. The Ohio Valley Cloak and Dagger Company presents Cloak and Dagger on the Air Stays Home, a special limited series designed to free you from the four walls of today for a half hour of intrigue and adventure. This time, The Lodger, a 1947 radio adaptation by William T. Johnson of the classic story by Marie Belloc Lowndes. All right, men. I guess that's all. Put him on the stretcher and take him to the morgue. Right, Inspector. Must I stay, Inspector? For a while, Mrs. Bunting. I need all the details from my report. That such a thing could have happened here. Here in my own house. Go on, Mrs. Bunting. You said you were looking for a lodger. Yes, Inspector. We had to. But I never dreamed such a thing could have happened here to us. Why, it was only last Tuesday night. My husband and I were sitting before our fire while we read the newspaper about the latest murder, uh, the, the fifth, by uh, the Avenger. I remember saying distinctly, Robert, this Avenger person could be the fellow standing next to you, or maybe the man you bump into. It's a terrible thought. Yes, but, but it appears to me that, that the Avengers too quick for the police. And look here. Hmm? It's, it says this girl he got last night was like all the others. Pretty, blonde, and she'd just come from a music hall. Exactly like all the rest of his victims. What a pity. Ellen, have you stopped to think if it's that description perfectly? Our own guys. Oh, shush. What a pretty thought, Bunting. It's a good thing she's with her aunt instead of here. London ain't a safe place for any girl now. Just the same, I can't help thinking how fine it'd be to have her here with us. Well, there's no sense even talking about it. We just can't afford it. I know that, Ellen, but I've hoped we could manage it someday. I script myself off crazy trying to keep us going. Yes, yes, I know, Ellen. Well, don't you go worrying about it. I think we can... Now, who do you suppose that could be? Could it, could it be someone looking for a room? Oh, I wish it were. Then you could have your daisy back. Mm. I went to the front door, and when I opened it, there stood a man wearing a black cape and an hat. Be carried by a single piece of luggage. Good evening, sir. I saw your sign. It says you have a room to rent. Oh, yes, sir. Please, won't you come in? Thank you. Uh, could I take your cape, sir? 
No. I am looking for a quiet room. But it should be very quiet. Oh, we are just that, sir. Just that. Above all, our house is quiet. Uh, your bag, sir, may I take it? No. Just show me the room, please. Oh, yes. Yes, sir. It, it's right up these stairs. So this, this way. See, so there's just my husband and me here, and, and we're ever so quiet. I, I'm sure you'll find this room to your liking. Now, uh, here we are. I think I like this room. It is pleasant, isn't it, sir? Um, there, there's not many rooms with such uh, pretty pictures now, is there? <laughs> I don't know. Pretty pictures interest me very little. What I like about this room is its simplicity. I like the bareness. I think I'll take it. What is your name? Uh, Mrs. Bunting, sir. All right. Mrs. Bunting. I'll take the room. Uh, yes, sir. A and please... Sir, let me help you with your luggage. No, don't you touch it. But I, I, I no only wish to... to help. Of course. I understand, Mrs. Uh, Auntie. It's, forgive me. It's just that I... I do a lot of studying. Oh, of course, sir. Of course. You can see how few things I need. Just what's in this bag. This is my favorite book. The Bible. It's a good book, Mrs. Bunting, isn't it? Uh, indeed it is, sir. Yes. It says he brings them to their desired haven. Beautiful words. And now, at last, I've found my haven of rest. If I pay you 30 shillings a week for this room, is that satisfactory? 30? Why, yes, sir. Yes, sir, that, that, that will be quite all right. My name is Sleuth. Uh, Mr. Sleuth? Yes, Sleuth. S-L-E-U-T-H. Think of a hound, Mrs. Bunting, and you'll never forget my name. And here are your 30 shillings. Oh, thank you, sir. Uh, and, and would you be wishing anything now? Uh, supper? Tea? No, nothing. Good night, Mrs. Bunting. Uh, yes, uh, good night, sir. <laughs> Please stop that, you hear? What did I do? You were humming. That's music. Uh, but, but I... Music is an instrument of sin. Y yes, sir. And you did tell me, Mrs. Bunting, that your house would be absolutely quiet. Uh, oh, but it is, sir. I, I, I didn't mean any harm. Believe me, sir. I believe you. 
I'm sorry I spoke sharply. I know you are trying to be considerate and kind. Oh, thank you, sir. Oh, by the way, Mrs. Bunting, I think I would like some bread and some tea. Oh, certainly, sir. I'll have it up in an instant. So he took the room, I Ellen. <laughs> he took the room and had 30 shillings a week. <laughs> In advance. Oh, now hurry now, Bunting. Is the water for the tea hot yet? Yes, yes. What a stroke. Now put the bread and butter on the tray and mm. I'll pour the water. You know, Ellen, it's wonderful. Did you realise what this means? We can have Daisy back with us now. I know, I know. Hurry with it now. Oh, why, we can have her back with us tomorrow. Now, there's the water, mm. the tea, mm. the... Oh, it's all ready. Open the door, Bunting. I'll take it up to him right away. Oh, there you go, old girl. First thing in the morning, I'm going to fetch Daisy and bring her home. Oh, it's a wonderful night, Ellen. Wonderful. Oh, 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 I mustn't. Yay, many strong men have been slain by her. Come in. You know the wickedness of folly. She has cast down many wounded from her. Yea, many strong men have been slain by her. What? Why, Mr. Sleuth, you... Yes, what is it? With those pictures. Those pretty girls, you, you've turned all their faces to the wall. Yes, I've turned them to the wall because they are wicked and sinful. But, but sir, Don't I... Don't you uh, agree, Mrs. Bunting, that everything wicked and sinful should be purged from the earth? Hmm? Uh, yes. Y yes, I do. I'm happy to hear that, Mrs. Bunting. Now, if you'll excuse me... But, sir, here's your tray. Good night, Mrs. Bunting. For a moment, I was stiff with fear. I set the tray down. He hadn't so much as noticed the light supper I'd prepared for him and rushed to the window to watch. He came out of our cottage and moved off down the street, his black cape swirling about him. Finally, he was lost in the fog, and, and I don't know why, but I stared after him for a long while. Well, I did the dishes and got ready for bed. I lay there thinking, and it was almost dawn before I'd convinced myself that at most... He was a trifle odd. And after all, paying 30 shillings, maybe he had a right to his strange ways. It was daylight when I was suddenly awakened by the newsboy's shouts in the street. Slowly, I realized what the newsboys were shouting. Oh, 
And now, Mrs. Bunting, what did you do the morning you learned the Avenger had murdered his sixth victim? Well, I was a little frightened to meet our lodger, yet I kept my thoughts to myself. After all, there still wasn't much to go on. Robert had gone to meet Daisy, so Mr. Sleuth ate breakfast alone. I watched him through the crack in the door. Finally, I went in with more tea. No, no thank you, Mrs. Bunting. I don't care for any more tea. You've been very kind. Must go on with my work now, if you'll excuse me. My fear really changed to pity then. He seemed so helpless and tired. And he was so considerate. This man couldn't be a murderer. It was all a coincidence. We just couldn't afford to lose that 30 shillings a week. Around 10 in the morning, he left the cottage and I decided to go upstairs and have a look about his room. I had to find out what he carried in that is one piece of luggage. It wasn't a bag, it was, it was more like a case. Yes, a case, a case for a knife. Oh, I rushed up the stairs, my heart beating wildly at the thought I'd had of, of the case. There wasn't anything in his closet. I went over to the chest of drawers against the wall. Nothing in the top one. In the next one, there were some socks and underclothes. The next one was empty. There was only one other place for the small, narrow case. The bottom drawer. And it was locked. I pulled and pulled at it and then suddenly I heard the door, the front door open downstairs. In a panic, I rushed out of the room and down the hall. Upstairs, Ellen. Look, look, Ellen. Daisy's here. Oh, thank heaven. Oh, Mother, it's so good to see you. It's so good to be home. Why, whatever's the matter? Yes, you're quite right, Ellen. Oh, oh, it's, it's, uh, I'm all right. It's just I wasn't expecting you so soon. Well, it's good to be back. The country's all right, but there's nothing like London now, is there? Uh, no, no, there isn't. Well, as long as that Avengers about, you're gonna have to do something to keep this young lady indoors. London or no London? <laughs> oh, don't you worry. Mother will see to that. Well, Daisy, I might as well get you settled. You see, Father? <laughs> what did I tell you? She'll have a dustcloth in my hand before I have my coat off. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Why is my door open? <gasps> Mr. Sleuth! We. We were, we were just leaving, sir. Have you been in my room? Uh, oh, no, not at all, sir. From now on, Mrs. Bunting, I shall keep my room locked. But you see, sir, I, I was just tidying up a bit, and, and, and Mr. Bunting, he brought our daughter home, and, and she just arrived, and, 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 and this is Daisy. Pleased to meet you, sir. She, she, she's been away for quite a while, and that's why we're a bit excited, you might say. <laughs> You're probably surprised to hear us laughing and carrying on. Yes. Yes, I must say I was. Hmm. Then, 
There are different kinds of joy. Are there not, Daisy? <laughs> yes, I, I'm sure there are. Yes, there is the despicable evil joy of the abandoned. And there is the divine happiness of the blessed. A great difference. You understand that, Daisy, don't you? Why, yes, sir. Yes, Mr. Sleuth. There are so few young women nowadays who do. Why, Mr. Sleuth, you mean a girl's not to enjoy life at all? Not to have any fun? Enjoyment and fun, my child, are the devil's breeding ground. All his implements are there. Pleasure, impropriety, the temptation of music, dancing. <laughs> oh, that's crazy. Why, there's nothing I like more than dancing. You like to dance? Oh, she didn't know what she was saying, Mr. Sleuth. Just a child, Daisy. You know you've never been one for dancing. You never learned how to. But I did learn, Mother, while I was away. What's so wrong about it? What's the harm in dancing? And she lies in wait as for a prey and increases the transgressors among men. I don't know what you mean. I've never heard such nonsense. Nonsense? You call the scripture nonsense? Daisy, go in the front room. It's all right, Mrs. Bunting. It's all right. I'm used to such kind of talk. Good day. Daisy! Daisy, listen to me! Yes, Mother. To tell you about... about... About what? Oh, nothing. I've got to go out for a while now. I'll be back. For a moment, I was about to tell my awful suspicions, but I stopped. They were only suspicions. At the same time, I had a thought. I'd go to the coroner's inquest they were having into the Avengers' latest victim. I was hoping to hear something said that would clear my suspicions of the lodger. At least, I'd give him this last chance. A lady was testifying as I took my seat. She'd seen the Avenger from her window, she said, and her description of him didn't tally with Mr. Sleuth. I can't tell you how relieved I was. Till it was pointed out, she couldn't possibly have seen anyone that night from her window because of the fog. Oh, the next witness was a Mr. Cano. I leaned forward anxiously as they swore him in and began asking questions. You say, Mr. Cano, that you're positive you saw this man? Positive, sir. It was only a few moments before the murder that I saw the Avenger. Uh, describe him. Oh, he wore a black cape, I believe, and was very gaunt-looking. It was carrying a small handbag. Handbag? Yes, a small, narrow handbag. Such a one as might contain a knife. <gasps> a knife? Oh, silence in the a low, hesitating voice. I'd say it was, was something of a continental accent. 
an educated man, I judge, but quite mad. Uh, what do you mean by that? Well, as he emerged from the fog, he was talking aloud to himself. Believe me, sir, he was reciting scriptures. No! No! Mr. Sleuth, our lodger, was the murderer. I got out of the courtroom as quick as I could. I didn't even notice it had started raining. I hardly remember going home, running and walking somehow. While slowly the nightmare of fear and terror grew bigger and bigger inside me. It was three streets from our cottage that I saw Mr. Robert Bunting. I thought it me clearly. I realised Daisy must be home alone with the Avenger. Bunting! Bunting! Ellen, what is it? Bunting, where's Daisy? Where is she, I say? Where's Daisy? Why, why she's at home. Listen, Bunting, listen. Sleuth is the Avenger. What? What are you saying? Our lodger. He's the Avenger! Oh. Daisy's alone with him right now! Hurry! Listen to me carefully, my child. Rejoice with me in your heart, for the moment is at hand. You're not afraid, Daisy, are you? N no, I'm not afraid. You're very beautiful and you should live in the ways of righteousness. You hear me, Daisy? You want to live in the ways of righteousness, don't you? Yes. Yes, I do. I know you do. And that is why I've been sent to purge your soul, so that you will be elevated beyond all sin and evil. You like to dance, Daisy. Have gone on before you, and they are beyond all sin and evil. You are the seventh to be elevated, my child, and my work is almost done. For the seventh, I have promised at this appointed hour. Be still, Daisy, and don't listen to the temptations of the crowd when they call out your name. Because I am here to save you from all evil and wickedness. Consume you like a wild fire of scarlet and crimson. Look at me, my child, and do not fear me and do not tremble. Woe to them that call evil good and good evil, and put darkness for light and light for darkness. Therefore, I must bring you down like the lambs the slaughter. I lift my hand with a flaming sword. For now comes the vengeance of the time to rejoice. Stop it! Don't! Stop it! You'll kill her! Daisy, come here! You. Uh, take your hands away! Let your snake get away! Don't you know that such that are for death to death, and such that are for the sword to the sword, and no one dare to have 
pity upon them. Yeah, yeah. It's not. It's Look not. out, Daisy! Oh, yes. Mercy! It fell on the knife. Yes. It's burning in me like a fire. Oh, it purges and consumes me. All sin and evil are falling away. Praise and glory, for it is I who is the seventh. Yes, the vengeance is fulfilled. Under the direction of Pete Firmbois, you have just heard Cloak and Dagger on the Air stays home's production of The Lodger, a 1947 radio adaptation by William T. Johnson of the classic story by Marie Bella Lowndes. Our script was transcribed for genericradio.com from the original broadcast. Featured in our cast were Claire McDonald as Ellen, Robert Gaudio as Bunting, Odessa Juarez as Daisy, and David Gaudio as The Lodger, with additional voices by Pete Fernbois and Ralph Parisi. I'm your announcer, Bethany Fernbois. Our score was composed and performed by Derek and Brandon Fichter from their album, Steampunk World, which can be heard on Spotify and is available for purchase on Bandcamp, iTunes, and Amazon. You can also follow their YouTube channel, Fantasy and World Music by the Fichters. Our atmospheric soundscapes were created by the YouTube channels Ambiance of Yesteryear and The Vault of Ambiance. And our live sound effects were by the Holy Foley Molies. Next time on Cloak and Dagger on the Air Stays Home. You are enjoying a snowy weekend out in the country with a few of your friends. As you merrily go along, you come upon a shadowy graveyard. Perfect for a few mischievous and irreverent hijinks. Until those hijinks involve dancing on one of the graves. Then, what once was superstition, easily dismissed by your sophisticated and urbane knowledge, becomes your ever-present and relentless poltergeist. Listen when Cloak and Dagger on the Air Stays Home brings you Poltergeist, a 1942 radio play by Arch Obler. Cloak and Dagger on the Air Stays Home was created by Pete Firmbaugh and is a presentation of the Ohio Valley Cloak and Dagger Company. Carissa Martin is our sound effects director and Pete Firmbaugh our executive producer. Our theme, The Sealed Kingdom, is by Adrian Von Ziegler and is used with permission of the artist. Until next time, we remain your obedient servants. Good evening. This has been a Future Past production.